expect fireworks sometime during this sermon. Thought I heard it. I mean real fireworks. <laughs> Took us years to figure out that there's a fireworks show on the Friday night before the marathon. You hear that? <laughs> Initially, we thought, you know, when we heard the explosions that something nefarious was occurring somewhere in our neighborhood. So this fireworks that you're hearing now that follows the parade of nations, you know, there are multiple variables on when it actually starts because it depends on how many people are marching, when the march, if the march actually starts on time and how quickly they're marching. And, but every year, it seems to start just when I start my sermon. <laughs> you ever tried giving a sermon with shells exploding practically on top of your head? It's hard to listen. It's hard, it's hard to do, and it's hard to listen as well. It's hard to listen to my sermons anyway, let alone when the <laughs> shells are exploding. So our solution every year on this Shabbat was to move the sermon to a later point in the service after the Amida. <laughs> but frankly, on Tuesday, I changed my mind. Kind of like the sound of that, because after the terrorist rampage, I just thought it was right to proceed as normal, consider it our way of saluting New York City. And as you hear this, consider it our way of insisting that we continue in this city with our routines. It's our way of expressing the resilience of New York. So if you hear that and imagine, may the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, give proof through the night that our city is still there. New York City, the beating heart of the land of the free and the home of the brave. The attack occurred within eyesight of Freedom Tower, the sparkling, rebuilt testament to New York's determination to live free. We will not be intimidated. We're human, of course. We experience fear, anxiety, and vulnerability. But free people do not cower from those who sow terror. They overcome their fear. They mourn the dead, attend to the wounded, recommit to the feet of evil, rededicate to the pursuit of the good, and move on with their lives. Life continues. There's a bat mitzvah tomorrow. There's a marathon on Sunday. So consider that our way of acknowledging the wounded and honoring the dead, a magnificent group of five Argentinian friends who were inseparable in school, reuniting years later with classmates living here, a young Belgian mother of two, an American software developer, and an American economics researcher. Our hearts go out to the families of the victims, May they be comforted in the knowledge that an entire city and so many good people everywhere mourn with them. We pray for peace and understanding and pledge to do our part to bring about a better world, a more tranquil, a more peaceful world. 
We affirm the values uniting us in common purpose. There's never been a city like ours, pulsating with human energy and dedicated to liberty, self-realization, and collective expression. That so many of the victims were tourists, struck down in one of the most beautiful, life-affirming neighborhoods of Manhattan, is tragic evidence of the worldwide appeal of New York. There is a spirit to freedom that is expressed outwardly. I've traveled to semi-free and even unfree countries. It's kind of relaxing, actually, when you think about it. People behave differently in unfree countries. They walk differently. They talk differently. They move differently. Here is all hustle and bustle and movement. There is an eerie calm and artificial and enforced slowness. We're determined to live free in that special New York way, vigilantly, but joyously, confidently, and faithfully. New York is exceptionally strong. Nothing breaks New York. The city is practically indestructible. If the daily noise, the traffic, the crowds, and the frustrations don't bring us down, if storms and floods can't bring us down, if bin Laden's henchmen can't bring us down, nothing that any of these criminals can do can bring us down. Tragically, they will succeed in maiming and killing some of us. But the Halloween parade continued as planned. The fireworks continued as planned. The marathon continues as planned. And you, you should live your lives as planned. It's appropriate to consider the symbolism of the marathon. Of all, above all else, the race tests persistence, endurance, our will to continue. Long-distance runners do not seem to enjoy the 26.2 miles. They seem pained, grimaced, and suffering. And yet, they do enjoy the race. Year after year, they run. Day after day, they train. It is a different form of enjoyment, not creature comforts. It is the deep and enjoyable satisfaction of accomplishing something hard, a celebration of the courage to start and the endurance to finish. It's like life itself. There are some blissful moments of enjoyment along the way, but there are also long periods of suffering and pain that must be endured. There's a finish line for all of us. But between the starting line and the finish line, look how enjoyable is the road. 
with all of the hardships. There is courage and immense human nobility in knowing that the finish line will claim us all, but still, we run towards it joyously, hopefully, and reflectively. No two marathons are the same. The same runners might compete year after year. The route might be the same as in all the previous years. But sameness is an illusion. We are different every year. Our physiology is different. Our mental state is different. Things happened to us this year that affected and changed us. And the road is not the same as last year. Running up First Avenue, there are businesses that have closed, businesses that have opened. In the apartments on the Upper East Side, some people have moved in, some have moved out, some have died, some have been born. First Avenue is not the same. No step of the marathon is the same as last year. It is the mysterious attraction of the thing we call life. No step along the way is the same. And even more, in some deep way, if we desire stability and routine, we must be willing to change. We stay alive by a constantly changing metabolism. We solidify routine and predictability by adjusting. As the writer profoundly wrote, if we want things to stay as they are, things will have to change. Nothing is guaranteed. We hope to arrive at the finish line, fully lived out, our life force depleted, all of our energies spent usefully in the long marathon of life. We deeply mourn that for some in our city, the race ended before it ended. I hope they were joyous at the end that during their brief sojourn on Earth, they drank up and gulped down the sublime and uniquely human gifts of friendship, love, parenthood, achievement, and endurance. The great biblical sage Kohelet, Ecclesiastes, wrote, the race is not won by the swift, nor the battle by the valiant, nor is bread won by the wise, nor wealth by the intelligent, nor favor by the learned. For time and chance happens to all. We cannot even know our time. As fish are enmeshed in the fatal net, and as birds are trapped in a snare, so we are caught at the time of calamity when it comes upon us without warning. And therefore, 
Ecclesiastes urges us to eat your bread in gladness and drink your wine in joy, for your actions were long ago approved by God. Let your clothes always be freshly washed. Enjoy happiness with a woman you love all the fleeting days of your life that have been granted to you under the sun, for this is what we get out of life. Whatever is in your power to do, do with all your might. The modern marathon commemorates the Battle of Marathon near Athens in the year 490 BCE. The Athenians faced the invading Persian fleet on the shores of Marathon. All of Athens was on edge because if their army failed at Marathon, Athens itself would fall within hours. Victory came to the Greeks on that September day. The Persians were defeated. It was an epic battle, proving that Athens could be a great power. The full glory of Athens that later unfolded is often attributed to that September day in the year 490 BCE in Marathon. The supposed distance between ancient Marathon and ancient Athens was 26.2 miles. Hence, that distance of the modern race. After their victory, the Greeks sent a runner to announce to Athens the good news that they were so desperately waiting on edge. The runner's name was Pheidippides. He ran as fast as he could. He pushed himself to the limit, arriving in Athens fully depleted. With his last breath, he announced the good news. Joy to you. We've won. And with that, Pheidippides collapsed and died. Robert Browning wrote a famous poem about that September day. Run, Pheidippides, one race more. He flung down his shield, ran like fire once more, and the space twixt the fennel field and Athens was stubble again, a field which a fire runs through, till in he broke, rejoice, we conquer. Like wine throw clay, joy in his blood, bursting his heart, he died, the bliss. So to this day, when friend meets friend, the word of salute is still rejoice. For those whose race has run, we hope that joy ran through their blood, bursting their heart when they died. And to all of the rest of us still on the road of life, when friend meets friend, the word of salute is still rejoice.